exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Harinkiu, and I will be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how are you doing this Monday? I'm doing great, thank you. Well, that's great to hear. You have a nice weekend then? I did. It was such a nice weekend out first off, and I was outside all weekend, which means I was sunburned. After this weekend, which, you know, I mean, it's mid, almost mid-October, and that would not be the first thing you'd think of, but I was sunburnt this weekend. Well, you can't, <laughs> can't really complain, right? No, I'm not complaining at all. It's just like my face was really hot. When I got home, I was like, is my face red? And everyone's like, a little bit. Yeah, I'm you like, got oh, that October sunburn. Probably sunburn, yep, from being outside, but it did this last October, too. It did. And the Michigan, uh, Michigan State game. I mean, you got to love the weather. It is supposed to cool down by next weekend. We're only supposed to have, like, you know, pretty much till Wednesday kind of weather like this, but even still highs in, like, the low 60s, high 50s, whatever. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's, that's good fine. October weather for me. I mean, really, just, I, I don't want to, like, pour in on Saturday. You know, I just yeah. don't want rain. I don't mind yeah. if it, it's cold, kind of. I, that's fine with me. It's fall. I expect it, but... uh just don't be raining on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the crappy part for me because I have a I'm in a business golf class. It's gonna sound stupid, but I have a mandatory golf outing on Friday. Really? And of course, like one of the first days it decides to rain and be cold is this Friday. So I have to be <laughs> outside from nine o'clock in the morning to like five or six o'clock in the afternoon in the pouring rain, cold. So it's only supposed to be like mid fifties, and but it with is. the rain and stuff, it's gonna be. But no, if it's windy. Yeah, it's gonna be. Well, pretty try cold. not to get sick, cause that's a that's a key recipe. I know. For, uh, Saturday is a big game, so I'm gonna try. Even uh, if I am sick, I'm still going. I don't well, care. of course. You just you can't even look at the next Monday. Like, am I gonna just completely abuse my body this weekend and not be able to do anything? <laughs> How many actually? times last year did I show up to the show going, oh, oh, I can't talk. <laughs> so I have no voice. So tired. <laughs> I know. But um, yes. I hope all of our listeners out there had a great weekend. Um, a lot to get to on today's show. Um, even though most people are probably watching our Detroit Tigers play the Texas Rangers right now. That score is actually 3-3 three to three right now in the bottom of the seventh inning. So a very close game uh, going on there in Texas. Uh, we will definitely be getting to our Spartans first and foremost. They will be facing, facing the Michigan Sta- uh, Michigan Wolverines excuse me, uh, this coming Saturday here at Spartan Stadium. So a lot to decipher and kind of look into this game coming up. We'll also be talking about our Detroit Lions playing Monday Night Football here in about an hour and a half. So uh, really, I hope this show goes fast. Um, a lot to talk about, obviously, with the Lions. First Monday night football game in a decade. Um, you know, a lot to talk about with this team. Uh, 4-0. So we'll definitely be talking about that. Also be getting into uh, just, you know, stuff around the league in general regarding the NFL. What happened this weekend? It was a pretty interesting weekend, as usual. Um, we also definitely, again, our Detroit Tigers playing right now. Close the series out against the New York Rangers here uh, last weekend. Game 5. Um, intense game. But uh, they are in the ALCS as of now. Game 2 being played as we speak and that is on uh, Fox uh, Fox if you want to check that out and uh, little Red Wings uh, Red Wings actually started off their season here on Friday they are 2-0 and not a lot to discuss but something to mention Megan's got an ass car for you we got it all uh, but we are going to start with the Michigan State Spartans and again for anyone who's actually not watching the Tiger game or not somewhere about to, about to watch this Monday Night Football game we still do have a phone number and it's 517-432-432 3893. You can call an all show. We will be here till 8 o'clock. But uh, we are going to start with the Spartans. Uh, again, the Spartans, they had a bye week. Uh, they had a chance to relax, get healthy, um, and really, you know, get a game plan together to, you know, defeat Michigan. The Wolverines coming into Spartan Stadium 6-0. 6-0. They have not been 6-0 since 2006. Um, this is a team that uh, had a nice comeback win against Northwestern this weekend. Um, they were down 10 points at the half, but end up coming away with a nice victory, 42-24. Uh, to 24. Uh, Denard struggling in the first half of that game, but really the defense stepping up and Denard playing well enough uh, for Michigan to come away with a victory at Northwestern. Uh, with this game coming up here, um, it's going to be very interesting. You have two really good defenses facing off against each other here. Uh, And not to mention, I think uh, two pretty darn good offenses. Uh, Spartan offense that has shown glimpses of greatness and I think can be great. And a Michigan offense that I think we know has some of the most explosive potential really in college football. Uh, But looking ahead to this game here this weekend, I want to ask our listeners right now, 
Okay, it's Michigan State, Michigan. What's the most important thing that Michigan State needs to do to win this football game? And do you think they're going to win it? 517-432-3893. You know, I'll go to you first, Megan, of course. I Mm -hmm. mean, regarding this football game, you know, the Spartans a week off. Michigan having, like, again, a nice win on the road. They proved they could come back. They won on the road. Um, Really have shown that they are more of a second-half team as well this season. Um, What do you kind of look for uh, in this game? Well, in this game, I think the most crucial thing that MSU has to do to win the game is stop the running game, especially Denard. Um, as we saw w- against Northwestern, he was was he threw a few interceptions. I I only saw two. I don't know if he threw more than he that. He threw three total. He did three throw. Th- wow, throw three total. Um, that's the most important thing because when he can't throw, he starts running mm-hmm. and he finds the holes. And that's the thing about Denard. He's quick. He's fast. He finds what he needs to do, and he gets it done. Yeah. And, you know, he struggles with his with his passing plays. So the big thing, and I know we can do it, we have the defense for it, is to stop his running game. And I think that's the most important thing that we're going to have to do. Other than that, um, we have a very, solid de- a very solid defense. If we worked on what we needed to with, um, wow, I cannot think right now, with our, with our offense and mm-hmm. our passing game and all that kind of stuff with Cousins yep. and everything, I, I think this game is more than winnable for us. And I think we will win this game, mostly based because we have a good defense and all they can do is run. And that's that's the the big thing I found with Michigan is they are good. I'm not taking that away from them. They do have a, can, a, de- yeah. a decent defense. They have a good offense to a certain extent. And the biggest thing is their they they struggle with is their passing game. Shut that we are we're probably going to shut down their passing game no matter what. Shut down their their running game and we I think we can win. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think that you know, like you said, Denard, make him beat you through the air. I mm-hmm. think it's the bottom line because mm-hmm. I think we've all seen a number of handful of plays already this season where he just breaks it for 50 yards or something and just and really what it is it's not even a design play it's a broken play most of the time it's a play where things just don't work out yep. the right way and you kind of lose track of that small guy back there and he just he gets you know he gets out he gets out there on you and uh, once that happens it's a foot race and you're not going to win him too often mm-hmm. um, you know looking at our defense though uh, you know we rank best in the nation giving up 173.4 yards per game. Uh, second in the country in pass defense, only giving up 109 yards per game. And we are third in rushing defense, giving up 64 yards a game. Now, again, uh, you could say, okay, well, that was a lot of non-conference teams that you played. Um, yeah, that's true. Nonetheless, you still incorporate Ohio State into there when we only gave up seven points to them and made their offense look as anemic as ever. Um, and especially when you see how Nebraska fared against Ohio State this last weekend, which was a joke. And, I mean, I was rooting for Ohio State all day. I don't usually root for Ohio State. I was rooting for Ohio State all day. And Nebraska, though, you know, they put up 28 points in the second half, ended up winning 34-27. to But then that's a little something to note for Michigan State to hold Ohio State down like that as well as they did, even though, yeah, we had those sloppy turnovers, the fumble, the two picks from Cousins. But overall, um, you know, the Spartans need to really rely on their defense, I think, to win this game. Um, you know, Cousins, yes. I think Cousins gets a bad rap a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cousins is a very good quarterback. We expect a lot from him. He's a senior. Uh, he's our captain. You don't expect those mental errors. It's not just a bad pass every now and then. He's a quarterback. Guys are going to have those. It's understandable. Um, it's just little things like not being able to fall on a football or completely reading that, you know, a guy, like you said, what he ran the wrong route. So you really can't even throw that one interception mm-hmm. on him last week. But it's just good decision-making. At this point in your career in college football, I think you should be well enough groomed to not make those bad errors. And that's why you saw Michigan flounder their game last year against us. Two turnovers within the five-yard line for Michigan and Denard. And that's game-changers. And if Michigan State can make sure to really avoid those mental errors, avoid the penalties that have you know really hurt this team, especially on the, the young offensive line that we have, I think Michigan State should win this uh, football game and will. Um, it's going to be a very close game. Anyone who thinks this game is going to be a blowout, um, you're just mistaken. Uh, it's going to be a very close game. Um, the spread right now is three points for Michigan State. Okay, Vegas usually has it close enough to correct. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. So it's a three-point spread. Again, 6-0 and Michigan. Now, let me ask you, were you rooting for Michigan against Northwestern just personally this weekend against? I was you know, not. North- Okay. Um, I I really wanted to see because Northwestern, I said last show was going to be a, the true test to Michigan's talent because Northwestern was looking good and they were looking good even in the first half of the game against Michigan. Yes, they were. Um, I kind of quit looking or watching after a while because the Tigers game came exactly. on, obviously. But I did flip back and forth a little bit and I saw Michigan was starting to catch up and everything. Um, 
you know, and I, I was, I was rooting against Michigan, not because I don't like them, but because I wanted to see how they were going to do on the road in a different state against a decent, not, not horrible, but not good team, you know, conference team. And that's, that's what I wanted to see. And that's why I was rooting against them just, just to see how they could do because they were five and oh. And of course we want them to have, maybe not have one loss because then they'll be looking for revenge, you know, obviously, but just just to see how they would do. Yeah, and that was my thing, too. I wanted to see how they looked, um, you know, primarily finally going on the road, playing a, a decent Northwestern team who always can, you know, you know, pull an upset off, honestly, on any given week, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I still wanted Michigan to win. I wanted Michigan to win, not even for, like, you know, they don't need extra motivation for any kind of revenge factor. They've lost three straight years to us. Um, so whether they lost last week, won last week, they're going to come in with the same head of steam of we got to beat, quote-unquote, little brother as, the, as they believe. But I wanted them to win because I wanted them to be six and zero. They are ranked tenth in the tenth uh, in the coaches poll, eleventh in the AP poll. That's great because if we can beat them, it just looks that much better. Oh yeah. And it was the same thing that same reasoning I had for Notre Dame winning in week two against Michigan was to have Notre Dame coming in ranked, coming in as someone that you're going to beat and it's going to mean something to you. Then a team that maybe falls out or drops right there because if Michigan would have lost that game, I guarantee you they would have fallen to somewhere around twenty two, twenty four. Practically out of it, potentially, but they would have been in the bottom 20s right there with us. Yep. Uh, Michigan State is 23rd in the AP at this time, and they rank 19th in USA Today's coaches poll. So the coaches giving Michigan State a little more credit uh, when it does come to that. Uh, again, I think it all relies on defense, trying to force turnovers. I think that if you want to look at our defensive line, I think they've done a good job um, You know, replacing guys like Greg Jones, Eric Gordon, who you know were just staples in the you know for this team, uh, you know obviously Greg Jones is a linebacker, Eric Gordon on the line, but you know with Jarrell Worthy playing as well as he has, it looks like Tyler Hoover should be back here soon enough, and I think we've gotten some really nice play, um, you know from guys like Denikos Allen, you know our linebacker, only a sophomore. Guy said you know he had two set, he's got two sacks right now. Um, in that game against Ohio State, which was great. Um, even Darquise uh, Denard, our cornerback, also a sophomore, got an interception against the Buckeyes. These are young guys that are really kind of stepping up into their into their own right. And, of course, William Golston. I think William Golston, the guy that we've all been thinking about ever since last year when he was a freshman as to how good this guy can be for us. And he also had a sack against Ohio State and three tackles for a loss. So, um, I mean, we were sacking Ohio State all day. So, I mean, a lot of our guys had sacks, don't get me wrong. But even still with Max Below, leads the team with 33 tackles. Isaiah Lewis, our safety, again, a sophomore, sophomore and below. Isaiah Lewis has 25 tackles. We got guys that are young that are really stepping up, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and doing a good job. And uh, they just need to maintain that against a team in Michigan that's 14th overall in total offense. They can score the football. They know how to put points up. And it's going to be something that they need to make sure that they can just maintain. Thank God this game's at home. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. Because I would not. I mean, I was I was in Ann Arbor last year. I wasn't at the game, but I was in Ann Arbor for it. And I uh, <laughs> just that's I can't. I don't even want I'm not going to say anything more. Just uh, But um, looking at Michigan State, though, you know, they have won three straight in this series against Michigan. And um, the longest winning streak is four for Michigan State against Michigan. It's only happened three times in the history of these programs. Uh, Michigan State won four in a row between 1934 and 1937, 1950 to 1953, and 1959 to 1962 is your most recent time. Michigan State has won four straight games against the and, I mean, that's when this team was unstoppable. Bubba Smith there in the 60s, uh, they were something else. But uh, here's, a, here's a quote here from, uh, actually, Brady Hoke uh, regarding the game coming up. Because, it, you know, Brady Hoke, he was, with, he was a defensive line coach at Michigan from 1995 to 2002. So for people that aren't as familiar with Brady Hoke, he's been, he was there for a while. Okay, He's not just some guy that just got hired in. He's someone that's been with the program for a decent amount of time. Obviously took time off to coach at Ball State and San Diego State. But nonetheless, Brady Hoke says, quote, that, um, that it was a physical football game. He's talking about just the rivalry in general. He says, quote, that was a physical football game. It usually always was. Just thinking back, it always was. I'm a defensive line coach, and they were going to try and pound you off the football, and you had to match that intensity. They're going to punch you in the mouth, and you'd better punch back, end quote. And um, it's something, you know, very true. Um, both teams can't get dejected, in my opinion, from any recent Problems during the game, if you know an early score from Michigan or vice versa on either side of the football, I think composure alone will really be decide who wins this game. 
I think it has a lot to do with it. Who's the more mature team and who wants it more? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really comes down to because you'll have mistakes. You're going to have penalties regardless. You'll probably have a turnover or two regardless, let's be honest. But at the same time, who just keeps their head in the game long enough? Because it, this is an intense rivalry and it's not going anywhere. So Michigan State needs to make sure that they take care of home field advantage and just get it done. Oh, yeah. They just need to get it done. Uh, you know, just there's nothing more you can say about that. This is a game that if they lose, oh, I'm going to just crawl under a rock for a while because I have a few friends that absolutely love Michigan football, and they <laughs> love it. And I, will not, I won't hear the end of it. I just won't hear the end of it. So mm -hmm. not just for my sake, Spartans, but for all of our sakes, let's win this game. Oh, yeah. Let's just win it. I mean... Again, guys calling all show about it, 517-432-3893. But, I mean, like I said, it's going to be a close game. Two great defenses, two uh, good offenses. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how we come off a bye. I think it's something that it's always, you look last year, um, it was a late bye that we had, but, you know, we played Purdue the next week. And a team I mean, Purdue who was not good at all, um, I, I know we came back and won the game. We had to play catch-up, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of that game. And you just, you, you always wonder, rest or rust is always the argument. When you got, you know, when teams get time off, you know, what's it helping? I think for the Spartans' case, it was more rest. Um, hopefully, they just don't prove me wrong. Overall, the last time the Wolverines actually did win in East Lansing was in 2007. They won 28 to 24. Uh, that was the last time. And of course, the series, uh, this, you know, the whole series overall between Michigan and Michigan State, Michigan leading by a substantial margin, margin, 67, 33, and five over the entire history of this rivalry. So, again, I think this is going to be a fantastic game. You have two teams that are just very similar. I think in, in, they can, they're both good at defense. Again, both good at offense. Okay, 39th ranked overall for Michigan in total defense, 14th in offense, 7th in rushing. They are good. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Megan, uh, we're gonna, we have to do this. I know you love doing this. No. I know you love it. <laughs> I already know what you're going to ask me. You're asking for a score. Oh, I'm going to ask you, yeah, pick a winner and a score, of course. <laughs> winner and a score. Um, I, I think I said it earlier. I think we're gonna win. Not just because, oh, yeah. not just because I'm a Spartan, but because we shut down. I already know we're gonna shut down their passing. Cause I'm sorry, Denard, you're good, but you can't pass. I don't know what it is with you. And <laughs> we're gonna. I th I think we have a good enough defense to shut down the running game. So I say we're gonna win. Like you said, it's gonna be a close game. I would say. Oh gosh. Um. Maybe like twenty-one, twenty-four. Okay. Something like that, somewhere around there. No, definitely. I mean, I'm pretty much. I'm like right there with you, honestly. I was even. Gonna, I'm gonna go 24-20, but yeah, it's. I'm pretty much on the same boat. I think this is gonna be a touch. I don't think it'll be greater than a touchdown victory or loss for either team. I think really seven is kind of gonna be where it's at. It's gonna be a darn good game. Again, this game is gonna take place Saturday at Spartan Stadium, noon. Unfortunately, noon. I know. Um, too bad it can't be 3.30. You know, my brother's like, hey, you know, I might come up. And he's, what time's the game? I'm like, well, it's at, uh, it's at noon. He's like, well, that's great. I can't even work the morning and I come know. up and visit, you know, where a lot of people could before. But whatever. All right, it's a noon, then we'll have all day to celebrate. But again, uh, you can call an all-show regarding the Spartans and the Wolverines, 517-432-3893. And um, some other uh, really good news here for Michigan State. Um, you know, everyone questioning, is Antonio going to go somewhere? Well, he's good friends with Jim Trestle down there at Ohio State. Well, whatever. Jim Trestle's not there, and he's not going anywhere because D'Antonio has been awarded a new contract here um, that was announced on Saturday. D'Antonio is going to be getting a five-year rollover deal. Uh, you know, under the new terms of his uh, contract, his base salary will increase from $618,000 to $650,000. Um, you know, he will be here for another five years. Here is D'Antonio's statement regarding his five-year uh, contract extension. It says, quote, this contract signifies a long-term commitment, and I want to thank President Simon, Mark Hollis, and the, and the administration for their trust. The university has certainly made a commitment to provide all of the necessary tools to continue to build and sustain a championship-caliber program. And I've made a long-term commitment to be the head coach at Michigan State. This new contract expresses the loyalty that I have to our current student-athletes and their families and sends a clear message to current and future recruits that I will be their head coach at Michigan State. It also lets Spartan Nation know that I deeply appreciate their loyal support and that I will be here for the long haul. End quote. So I think that's a great thing to hear and see. Oh, yeah. I think we've all been just waiting to see that new contract uh, given to D'Antonio. Uh, you know, for life. Exactly. You want someone who's going to be completely committed. It's been a while since we've had a coach 
that really has been the face of this school for a consistent period of time. And that really has such a big deal when it comes to recruiting. Such a big deal. Okay, When, you, when you're changing coaches every three, three, four years, that's really not the way you like to have it go. Great to see D'Antonio come on. Um, again, if you want to really know the breakdown of his annual compensation, again, he'll have a $650,000 base salary, um, $869,000 in supplemental income, $100,000 in shoe-slash-apparel agreement, $200,000 in contingent annual base, and $13,000 in benefits. So uh, basically, he'll be increased in compensation from $1.8 million to $1.83 million. So good for him. Really good for him, of course. That's great. And uh, final uh, comment here from our president, Lou Anna K. Simon. She says, quote, I know I speak for the entire Spartan family when I say that we are pleased and proud of the success of the Spartan football program under Coach D'Antonio. This contract symbolizes a long-term commitment so essential for a successful program. Mark D'Antonio is a wonderful person, terrific coach, and a very special part of Team MSU, end quote. So, I mean, good stuff, right? Just oh, for sure. I think we should keep him around. Uh, definitely. I think he's Without a doubt. Again, you guys have any comments about Spartans, call in. But uh, we're going to talk just a little bit quickly about just what went on in the rest of college football. Um, it was quite an interesting week. Looking at the Big Ten in general, Purdue beats down uh, absolutely inept Minnesota Gophers team. Purdue wins 45-17, to making them 3-2 and on the year and 1-0 and in the Big Ten. Penn State beats Iowa. Penn State, a very quiet 5-1 and right now and 2-0 and in the Big Ten, ending up beating Iowa 13-3. to um, Again, um, Illinois absolutely demolishing Indiana 41-20. to Illinois 6-0. and 6-0 and now, very impressive. Hmm. Did not see Illinois really doing this well this season. I always knew they're a decent team, but very impressed with Illinois. Again, Michigan beating Northwestern 42-24 to to go 6-0 and as well. And Nebraska really putting the heat on in the second half, scoring 28 points, Ohio State only putting up 7, and Nebraska coming out with a win. Can't be too happy with it, but it's a win. 34-27 <laughs> to is your final there. Uh, looking around the rest of college football, uh, the top 25 really hasn't changed all too much, but I uh, still have LSU at the top. Alabama's number two, Oklahoma three, Wisconsin is four. They were idle this week. They had a bye. Boise State is your number five, Oklahoma State six, Stanford is seven, Clemson eight, Oregon nine, and Arkansas ten. That rounds out your top 25. Um, really, overall, not too much else has changed. I mean, Florida fell out and Florida State fell out of the rankings, which actually leads to something quite interesting. Um, I'm not sure if anyone knew this, but this is the first time since December 6, 1982, that no team from the Sunshine State was among the AP rankings on Sunday. Uh, it, was mark, it marks the end of 472 straight polls where either Florida, Florida State, or Miami were in somewhere in the top 25. Um, Florida lost to LSU 41-11. to um, Florida State losing to Wake Forest 35-30. to um, Just no good at all. And Miami, they haven't been in the top 25 for a minute because they just haven't played that well this year. Is that surprising to you? I mean, we have no Florida teams here in the top 25, and usually, I mean, you had Florida State ranked, I believe, fifth coming into in the preseason. Uh, it's just uh, absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. But that is what is going on in college football. Again, the USA Today poll, all it's all a little bit different. I mean, I'll just, I really talk about the AP poll more. But uh, the USA Today poll, they actually have Oklahoma as number one, LSU two, Alabama three, Wisconsin four. And the, the, your differences are Oklahoma's one, LSU's two in the Today poll, and Stanford's actually five instead of Boise State, who is five in the AP poll. So that is what is going on in college football around the country. But um, we are going to take a quick break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. When we do get back from our break, we will definitely be discussing the big Monday night showdown here at Ford Field. Detroit Lions versus Chicago Bears. Fantastic divisional about, about to take place here at 8.30 Eastern time. We'll also get to our Detroit Tigers still battling it out with the Texas Rangers. Right now, bottom of the eighth inning, 3-3. Three to three. Very close game. No outs. Uh, Joaquin Benoit pitching right now in the eighth inning. Hopefully the Tigers can get a run here going into the ninth. We don't need extras. And after that, little Red Wings for you. We got NASCAR. Got it all here. This is a Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. 
At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Prime where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. David Megan here with you. About a half hour left. Again, games 3-3, three to three, bottom of the eighth, Tigers-Rangers. So uh, getting down to it right there. In Texas, but we are going to talk about the Bears and the Lions right now. Uh, we've got about an hour before this game is going to kick off, so uh, a lot to get to when discussing this football game. Uh, the Lions, a team um, right now at 4 0, uh, playing great football. Uh, two weeks in a row coming back from 20 plus point deficits, uh, something no team has ever done uh, in the NFL. Absolutely incredible. Um, you know, it's great to see that. Lions haven't played Monday Night Football since 2001, and they played the St. Louis Rams. And they lost 35 to nothing. Mm. Absolutely abused. The Lions haven't played, actually, a Monday night football game at home since 1974. Wow. It's been a long time. So, with the Bears at 2-2, two and two, the Lions 4-0. and Bears coming off a win last week against the Carolina Panthers, 34-29. to um, Very close game. Matt Forte uh, really running the ball extremely effectively last week. Might even be an understatement still for 205 yards. And looking like an absolute monster out there on the field. Um, you know, with this game here, what do you think this symbolizes, not only for the Lions, but for Detroit? Um, how important is it, it to, for us just to win this game? Again, not even just for the Lions, but for the city. In, in a lot of ways, I mean, this is a city that's been downtrodden for years. Um, economic turmoil, unemployment, crime rate going through the roof. But we have Monday Night Football here tonight, first time in a decade. An undefeated Lions team right now going for 5-0. and They haven't done that since 1956, which is incredible. You have the you know a Bears team a divisional game. I mean, you know you have you have the Tigers coming into town tomorrow. What does this mean for the city and Detroit as a whole, Megan? I you know I, we've talked about this before on past shows how um, how Detroit's just when people compare something to something bad, they look at Detroit as the the city that can't do anything right. You know we have the highest crime rate, highest you know murders and stuff. I don't even know everything that they have on there. But what this will do for our team, for, you know, our whole, our city as a whole right now, just to throw it in there, we have the Tigers in the playoffs. We have the yep. Lions with Monday Night Football. We have the Red Wings 2-0 and starting off. We have our Red Wings on top of that being in the playoffs for the past, I don't even know how many. 20 straight seasons. 20 straight seasons, you know. And they were they were pretty much the only team we could really depend on for making our... Primarily, yeah, consistently, yeah. We, it is down. known as Hockey Town. I mean, it's known as Hockey Town for a reason, obviously. Yeah, four cups in 13 years. Exactly. And, you know, and with teams that have struggled in the past, primarily the Lions, Tigers every other year or every few years, they'll, they'll be good and then they'll struggle for a few more mm -hmm. years after that. Mm -hmm. But the Lions have struggled for so long that, you know, people look at these three teams now and they're saying, wow, Detroit's not a place to mess with right now. Like, they're doing so well and everything. And, you know, I've, I've been seeing so many articles, too, online about how sports are just lifting the spirits of people in Detroit. And that's what sports does, and that's what's so great about them is, you know, it makes people, I don't know, it takes them away from the bad things in life. And the cool thing about mm -hmm. Monday Night Football being home, too, is it just helps out so much in Detroit because people are flocking to Detroit from Chicago because Chicago's only a few hours away. Mm -hmm. And exactly. they're just coming up there and they're hanging out. And I think people after this, especially after if, not after they win this game, but if they win this game, they're going to look at Detroit in a whole, whole different light. I really think so. No, I think so, too. I mean, I think you, you've seen it already on ESPN. I think you've seen it on talk, sports, radio, around the country. Sports Illustrated, the Lions are on the cover of Sports Illustrated oh, this yeah. week. Um, I think you're seeing it everywhere. Again, not only do I think people in Detroit, obviously, 
love the idea of a city and just themselves coming back from, honestly, just the pits of nothing. But also, I think the country, they love these types of things. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves a comeback story. It's like a Cinderella story. It really is. Yeah, a team from 0-16 three seasons ago to a team now 4-0 and has won their last eight games. Um, you know, this is a, this is a football team that if they do win tonight, you know, this will be the first time since 1953 to 1954 that they had a nine-game win streak. So it's been a long time since we've seen something like that. I know this is going back to last season, but that does count. Um, the Lions started their winning streak by defeating Green Bay last year, 24 to 20. Yes, that was without Aaron Rodgers for a large portion of the game, but why is it? Because we knocked his butt around and he got concussed. So, nonetheless, I don't care who was quarterback in Green Bay at the time. That's what started this win streak. And if you want to know the week before that, we were 2-9, and nine, had dropped 46 of the previous 51 games when we played Chicago on December 5th. Now, we did not win that game. We lost in the fourth quarter, late touchdown pass from Jay Cutler. But, nonetheless, this is a Lions team that we have not seen before. We have not seen a team like this, a team to come back down 20 to nothing at the half to Minnesota, a team down 27-3 to early in the third quarter to Dallas to pull that game off. We have not seen a team like that. A Calvin, John Calvin Johnson with two TD passes in four straight games. That doesn't happen. That's not the Lions. Mm -mm. It's just not. But that's why I, you really have started to see the changing of the guard. I want to ask all of our listeners, all of our Lions fans that are already at the bar or tailgating somewhere, wh what's going to happen tonight? Are the Lions winning this game? Why are they going to win it? 517-432-3893. Because the biggest thing the Lions need to make sure that they can do is control the ball, time of possession. They need to run the football today. They're going to have to because Chicago is going to be running the football all day. I guarantee it. Matt Forte is a guy that they realize could be the recipe for success. Jay Cutler being knocked around consistently game after game, taking way too many sacks. They're going to try to run the ball a lot. Let's just be honest. They're going to run the ball as much as they possibly can to also try to control that clock. So the Lions have to make sure that they can control the time of possession. They've already done a good job, in my opinion, of limiting turnovers all season. I think, you know, Stafford only has three picks, 11 touchdowns. We really haven't had too much problem with fumbling of the football. Uh, but we really need to make sure we can get to Jay Cutler as well. Jay Cutler has been sacked 15 times this season. 15 times, most in the NFL. He's been getting abused. We need to make sure that we can get to him and knock him out of the game in a lot of senses. Because, you know, Cutler, as, many, as much as people don't like Cutler... I mean, I don't like Cutler. I know a lot of people don't like Cutler. Cutler actually plays very well against Detroit. He really does. Um, Cutler is 4-0 against Detroit in his career. Um, he, has a, he usually has a passer rating above 100, has an average of 112 passer rating. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, does he pout on the sidelines? Does he look dejected half the time he's ever in the game or anywhere? Of course, he's Jay Cutler. He, just, he always has that look of just boredom. And that's why he's gotten, that's why he's gotten crap for it. But nonetheless... The Lions, if they can't figure out how to run the football, you can't just be slinging it around all game, I guess is my thing. Mm -hmm. I, we all know Megatron is a beast. And we all know that, you know, with the wide receiving core of these Lions, with Brandon, I mean, just tight ends in general too, Brandon Pettigrew, Tony Scheffler, Titus Young, Nate Burleson, you can go on and on. We have a lot of guys that can catch the ball. I get that. Okay? But we can't run the football. Now, the Bears rank 31st in total defense. 31st. Second to worst in the league. They are terrible. Okay, they've been giving up 426 yards a game. That's awful. Absolutely awful. They gave up almost 530 yards to the Panthers last week. Now, don't get me wrong. I know Cam Noon. He's something else. I think we all like watching Cam Noon. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, the Lions need to make sure that they can limit Jay Culler. I mean, Jay Culler, nine touchdown passes, one interception in his four games against the Lions. He plays well against the Lions. He really does. And, again, I think you're going to see them running the ball. Um, it's really going to come down to, in my opinion, who controls the clock more. It's a divisional game. So, if, I mean, and this is not to be down not to be down at all regarding the Lions. I'm just saying don't. I don't think this game is going to be a blowout in the least. Mm -mm. I mean, I think this is going to be a much closer game. I think, you know, you may see the Lions pull away, win by, like, 10 points, um, something like a 28, well, yeah, maybe like 28-17, 11-point victory, something along those lines. But it's going to be it's gonna be a close game. It's a divisional game, and you can never take any of these for granted. I don't care what kind of Bears team you think is showing up. They still have Julius Peppers. They still have Brian Urlacher. They still have guys, Julius Peppers, who absolutely destroyed Matt Stafford last year to start the season off. They still have talent on this football team. Okay, So it's something that the Lions really need to make sure that they can just hold them in because you can't keep playing comeback football. Oh, absolutely not. And I, I think that's something that really annoyed me. And I, listen, 4-0 is great, but you can't keep doing it. 
it doesn't work all the time. Eventually, it's going to bite you in the butt. No, oh, easily. It easily will. And, I mean, whether it's this week or ne- you know, next week. I mean, look at the Niners. We're playing the Niners next week. Niners just won 48-3 against the Tampa Bay Bucks. You just you can't take anything for granted in this league, even though you're 4-0. There's 12 games left. There's a lot of football left to be played, and I guess that's my biggest point is that you can never take your foot off the gas. And I think this is a different Lions team than in years past because this, there was a Lions team not too long ago that started 6-2 and two under John Kitna and, you know, Sean Rogers, Swan diving into the end zone and, you know, we kicking butt against the Broncos thinking this team's got a chance to go to the playoffs. And then they went 1-7 the rest of the way. Schwartz is the difference here. Schwartz has started to develop, and I think he has a culture about this team that they don't just think they can win. They know they can win every game. They know that they're going into every game that, you know, we're going to win this game. And whether they're down in the first half or they're down in the second half, they never, it, just like the same thing I was talking about with the Spards, you can't, you got to keep your composure. And I think the Lions have really proved that much. Mm-hmm. To prove their resiliency throughout the season so far. It's a short four games we're only discussing, but I think they've proved that. A Lions team that I've seen getting down many a time over the years, 21-3 to at the half, they lose like 42-7. to They don't come back. Okay, Nick Fairley? He might be playing tonight. He is questionable. Game time decision, we do not know. I know a lot of people are very excited about Nick Fairley. They want him to play. I say if he's ready to play, play him, but let's not do anything crazy. I mean, you just want to make sure the kid's healthy. Yeah, if it's questionable, don't throw him out there. Well, I mean, he's questionable because they just don't want, they'd rather not have the Bears know what they're going to, how to really game plan for him. I'm saying his condition. If it's questionable right now, then... Don't, well, they always say it's quite. I mean, I guess they could say probable. Of don't course. don't rush it. I mean, if you're gonna go out there and just get hurt again, and you're not feeling a hundred percent, but if you're feeling a hundred percent and you're like raring to go, then go for it. I no, mean, no, they really do. And again, I mean, two guys. You know, watch out for Matt Forte, and just you know, keep your eyes still on color. Pressure this guy. He's had success against us. Matt Forte, right now, he's second in the NFL in total yards. He's only behind Wes Welker, um, and he's only behind Wes Welker by a yard. So, uh, trust me, he's, he's been absolutely dominant this season, averaging 5.4 yards per rush, seventh in the league. Um, he's, it's something that you need to watch out for. I think Matt Forte really, if they can shut down Matt Forte, I think Lions have a great shot at winning this game. But with Matt Forte playing well, you, Lions be careful because that means they're just controlling the clock, they're running the ball effectively. And not only that, you saw it a lot against the Cowboys, you saw it with the Vikings, a lot of defenses and a lot of offenses, especially they're trying to do screen passes against us. And it's the bottom line. They're not trying to give that front four of Cliff Averill, Damaka Sue, Kyle Vandenbosch, Williams. They're not trying to give these guys a chance to get to the quarterback. They're doing quick three-step drops and getting rid of that ball quickly to a guy like we saw last week. Uh, you know, when whoever it might be, Felix Jones, it's going to be Matt Forte this week. Make sure you can defend the screen because I think we saw it last week in that first half against Dallas. They were just having their way with us. Um, absolutely having their way with us. So, again, um, I think the Lions, again, I think the Lions, I think they win probably 28. I'm going to go 28-17. 28-17 is my final. What's your final? <laughs> I'm going to keep making you do it until, you, like. You, I don't know. Um, I, I, gosh, mean scores. I just, I say it's going to be close. So, like, I, a one, one score. Uh, yeah. One I, score will differentiate yeah, the end here. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not going to say 28-14 to that extent. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I again, I mean, I think like twenty seventeen, fourteen is too much. That's that's yeah. pushing it a little too far. I, I say that's a little bit better. I'm gonna go with that because you took the twenty eight to fourteen. So I took that. <laughs> so we'll just do that. All right, now that sounds good. Um, some other inter- uh, interesting things regarding here this Lions game tonight. It's got to be absolutely mayhem right now downtown there, uh, which is awesome. But uh, I guess there is a chance tonight that we could actually rival um, the amount of people that uh, attended Super Bowl XL in 2006 against the Seahawks and the Steelers. We had 68,206 people in the stands. They could have that tonight. That's how, that's how explosive it is going to be downtown. It's actually going to be incredible. And again, going back to what you were saying regarding Detroit and all the great stuff going on there, Tiger's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, and obviously now Thursday if necessary in Detroit at Comerica. Saturday, Michigan, Michigan State. Lions Ford Field back on Sunday playing the Niners. It is going to be mayhem in Detroit. It's awesome. It's going to be great. I mean, I love football. (laughs) I love football. I love football. No, I mean, especially. Not saying that I ever hopped off the Tigers or the Tigers, the Lions bandwagon, but it's it's cool to have a winning team to actually root for. It really is. It's a little different. It's a little different. People are, you know, recover of 
what, Sports Illustrated, where they're talking about, they have features about us between, like, every halftime show and pro football games. They do? Yeah, they really do, and I think it's neat. It's cool to be recognized. Yeah, I mean, it's just something I haven't really, I think a lot of people, especially younger people, anyone who is older, they have, they do remember the success that we had maybe in the in the early 90s with Barry Sanders and such. I mean, the last time we made the playoffs was 1999. You know, I was only, I was like 13. I mean, I wasn't that old, so I really don't remember that too well. But I think it's been a long time since I think we all remember the Lions not only just being successful, but undefeated um, in, in prime time. And that's the other thing, too. How do they, how do they fare under this spotlight? Monday Night Football, it's a big, it's a, it's a, there's a ton more pressure on the Detroit Lions than on the Chicago Bears. They really have to be pumped. Okay, I mean, no, they have to be pumped. But, you know, it's even like games for, like, a Michigan-Michigan State game. Sometimes you get too pumped. And it's it's finding that balance between focused and excited. And that is what the Lions are going to need to do. Everyone will be watching. Everyone is extremely excited. This is going to be one of the best Monday football games that I think we've had in a while. To be honest with you, everyone loves a divisional matchup, and especially, I think you got everyone rooting for the Detroit Lions here at this point. And it's a rarity to say that people around this country are actually rooting for a Detroit team. Because no matter how good the Pistons always have been, no one likes the Pistons. No matter how good the Red Wings always are, people don't like the Red Wings because they're just that good always. Yeah. But I think you have a lot of people around this country, analysts and fans all around, that really do want to see the Lions have success. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully the Lions can give that, to, give that to us tonight. I believe they will. I think that they will go 5-0. and uh, They will be tied here with Green Bay at 5-0 and after tonight's football game. And we'll just go from there. Um, the great thing about the Sunday night uh, football TV schedule, I'm not sure if any of you guys know about this yet, but for weeks 10 through 15, the schedule can change. There's a flex schedule in, in play. So what happens is, is, let's say in week 13, the Lions are playing the New Orleans Saints, which is happening. They could easily bump the Colts. <laughs> against the New England Patriots, uh, a game that, you know, obviously had a lot, would have been a lot better with Peyton Manning playing, but I think a lot of people would probably rather see the Lions against the Saints in Week 13. It's just as well with the last game of the season. We'll be playing the Green Bay Packers, um, and that could be a game deciding who wins the division, who goes to the playoffs, and trust me, I would not be shocked in the least, in the least at all, if the Lions do get another primetime game on a Sunday night, whether it's Week 13 or Week 17. I think you are going to see one more uh, Lions game. Because, you know, I can't wait to look at the, the, the ratings, the TV ratings for tonight's game. I'm very excited to see how these ratings look because I think people are going to be eating this game up. I mean, look at last week. It was the Bucks and the Colts. And don't get me wrong, the game turned out closer than a lot of people thought it would. A lot, lot closer than I thought it would. But it wasn't a good game. Mm. Not really. No. How did you feel about that Packer-Atlanta uh, game last night? Packers-Atlanta? I wanted the Falcons to, you know, win. So did I. But they just couldn't do it. Like, Tampa, I mean, not Tampa, but Green Bay's too good. They showed it in the second half of football, just defensively locking them down again. And you had a, I had a feeling the whole time the Packers, all right, just when are they going to turn it on? You know, but. <laughs> go Pack Go, right? <laughs> yeah, go Pack Go. I, I like <laughs> a lot of the guys on the Packers, and that's the problem. Because I used to not like many, really any of them. But I like a lot of those guys. I like Aaron Rodgers a lot, so what can I say? Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll play them again, the Green Bay Packers, on Thanksgiving which finally, again, should be a very relevant Thanksgiving Day game, not just oh, yeah. fodder. Um, well, for all analysts who say, does Detroit deserve the Thanksgiving game anymore? Well, okay, just wait to see. That's why when we were talking about that, it's like people just jumped to quick conclusions. Yeah, what about, I think we talked about this last year, how maybe it was earlier this year, how we just turn on the TV, background noise, everyone talking, eating their, their Thanksgiving dinner, and no one's actually paying attention to the game because we know we're all going to lose. <laughs> I, no, I mean, well, <laughs> well I, mean, God, I remember so many games. I mean, last year's game was different because we were playing the Pats, and we were ahead at halftime. Mm-hmm. We were ahead at halftime. We rallied, I will say and that. We, and, you know, we, we played so well there in the uh, first half, and, again, it was one of those feelings you had. Like, I had last night almost, all right, well, when it's Tom Brady decided to just whip it around the field and just completely <laughs> abuse us, um, which he did. But nonetheless, this is I think this is exciting season so much for our Detroit Lions, and I think they do get the win tonight. And what I just ask of our fans, be classy down there in Detroit. I, we don't need to be hearing about riots and just we don't need a, we don't need a black eye for what I believe is going to be a great night for the city. Let's not you know taint it in any way, mm-hmm. especially when you get sixty some odd thousand people down there. Obviously not all Lions fans. Heated rivalry. I don't think you can find one Detroit or Chicago fan that like each other. 
regarding oh. any sport. Absolutely not. I will root for every New York team in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, before I will root for one team from Chicago. White hate Sox. the Blackhawks. Hate the Bears. White Sox. Hate the White Sox. <laughs> don't care about the Cubs. They're in the National League. And, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, the Bulls, I, I guess you don't hate the Bulls as much anymore. We're not really rivals with the Bulls anymore. But screw Chicago teams. That's that's a fact. I will say that. Yeah. J- <laughs> just in general. Uh, but we are going to move on here to our Detroit Tigers. we only got 16 minutes left. And... For all of you, again, that aren't tuning into our fantastic show this evening, um, right now it's actually uh, pretty intense here in the top of the ninth inning between the Tigers and the Rangers. Um, two outs, top of the ninth, bases loaded. Victor Martinez is at the plate here with two balls and two strikes. They walked Cabrera. They pinch hit um, Dirk's fringe. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his first appearance, and God knows when the last time he played was. That was a long time ago since we saw Dirks because they had too many outfielders. Oh, it was a very long time ago. And if it wasn't for Mags, God, I feel so bad for this guy. You know, he broke his ankle again, or you know, really strained. He's out for the he's out for the season. He's we won't see him even if we get to the World Series. But Leland said he broke it. Yeah, exactly. He said he broke it. He yeah. pretty much he said same that same ankle he had been having problems same with. Same ankle, and you know, if there was any wait, Victor, Victor, where's that ball going? The game cast is so fun to watch. Oh, he popped out the shortstop. Why did they put it in the out? Okay, I guess it was a pop-out in the outfield. No, but yeah, because at the time, remember we had too many outfielders? Now we don't have enough. I know. Well, I mean, thank God <laughs> Delman's good enough to go. Oh, I know. But he was struggling. I, you said you didn't see any of the game, right? You missed, You haven't seen any of it yet? Today? Yeah. I saw, I saw like, one out okay. when I was upstairs. Yeah, and he there's a, there's a pop fly out to left field, which is where he was. Popped out there, and he could barely run. And that's the thing is like I don't know if you're gonna put Delman out there. There, I feel like you should put him right. To be honest, he well, you've seen him struggle and left. Uh, he does, yeah. And uh, I'm happy to see Dirks, and um, you know, we're waiting to see when Dirks is gonna come in and play. We all know he's got speed, and oh, yeah. um, you know, he's got a bat when he's feeling it. So just real fast though, regarding again the Detroit Lions, will be playing tonight. Eight thirty is your kickoff, maybe just a little after. But uh, Detroit versus Chicago, first Monday night football game here for the Lions in ten years. So uh, if you're not watching it, you better be doing something better, uh, which is not meant too many things out there. Unless you're working, I don't find too many excuses for anyone out there. Uh, and a real fast, uh, just briefly right around the NFL, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, uh, thirty-eight to seventeen against the Titans. Ben Roethlisberger, five touchdown passes, looked great. Seattle beating the Giants, thirty-six to twenty-five. Late interception by Eli Manning. Eli, three touchdowns, but also three picks. Uh, Cincinnati beats the very deplorable Jacksonville Jaguars. They just can't win. Cincinnati wins thirty to twenty. Blaine Gabbard actually having a pretty darn good game. Uh, New Orleans squeaks a win out against the Panthers. Cam Newton just he's so close every week. He lost by five last week, three this week, but the Saints do pull away. They win 30-27. to Oakland getting a win against Houston, which was very nice to see Al Davis um, dying a few days ago at the age of 82. Um, you know, longtime owner, coach um, for that franchise. So very nice emotional win for Hugh Jackson. 25-20 to was your final there. Buffalo getting the win over the Philadelphia Eagles, who have to be the biggest wow in the entire football league. One in four now. Buffalo winning 31-24. to Michael Vick throwing four interceptions, which... I mean, a couple of those weren't his fault, but the rest, not good. Um, Kansas City getting a win over the Colts, 28-24. to uh, Colts actually were up 21-7 to in this game, but KC came back. Matt Castle throwing four touchdown passes, looking nice. Minnesota finally getting a W, 34-10 to over the Arizona Cardinals. And San Francisco, again, destroying the Bucs, 48-3. Um, they just made him look like a joke out there. That, again, that should be a very interesting game next week here against the Niners at home. New England beating the Jets 30-21 to was your final there. San Diego squeaking a win out against the Denver Broncos. Everybody ready for some Tebow time. Tebow. Tebow time. There was one of the best stats yesterday when I was watching this game on Red Zone. You know, he had ran maybe three or four times, and they're like, you know, he had a touchdown, like, you know, 13-yard 13, uh, 13, uh, 13 touchdown run. Okay, he's got, you know, 23 total rushing yards. Um, he's one for five passing with zero yards passing. I thought that was hilarious. Um, you don't often see stats like that for quarterbacks. But um, they haven't announced it yet. John Fox hasn't said coach the Broncos, but it does look like Tim Tebow will probably get the start. And Green Bay winning Sunday night football, 25-14 to uh, 14 is your final score. Uh, the Browns, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Dolphins, Redskins, and Ravens all did have bye weeks uh, this week. So some good football next week again. 
Can I can I throw some breaking news? I just uh, saw it pop up right oh, here. Please do. Okay, well, I was on Twitter, and I do follow ESPN, and this big thing popped up, and it says TCU Horned Frogs joins Big 12 for the 2012-2013 season. Okay. They were thinking about joining Big East. Um, you know, Big 12, I guess, showed some interest last week, and they voted unanimously to add them as a conference member. This was just posted that's six, good. Six minutes ago. That's great. So, I just thought I'd throw that in there real quick. Since no, we for sure, and I like that. that. Um, I know they kind of been. I know it was rumored here, like uh, maybe like earlier last week about that. But um, I like them going to the Big Twelve. Uh, they're in Texas. Mm-hmm. They'll play with all the other Texas schools. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the way it should be. I really didn't have a big problem with them going to the Big East necessarily, but the Big East is half dissolving in its own right. I know they're getting a couple teams, but I, I like them better going to the Big Twelve. I like that. Yeah, I, I, they got a, um, a quote from the commissioner from the Big East, and they just said they were disappointed. You know, they talked to him and everything, but, you know, I guess they just decided they wanted to go over to the Big 12. Hey, nothing wrong with that. It happens. I, I They were just talking about how Nebraska came to the Big 10, and Colorado went to the Pac-12, so they're just talking about all these teams moving around from place to place, and they're going to make these, oh my gosh, some of these conferences are just going to be powerhouse conferences after a while. That'll be interesting. Hey, do you want to do um do NASCAR right now? Sure. And I'm going to um, watch GameCast. Yeah. And then, <laughs> no, then we'll go back to the Tigers. So I'm pretty much taking over for Dave for a second here. Um, Sunday, yesterday, we had Kansas. Um, I, I didn't watch any of it, to be honest. I don't know what I was doing instead. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, I think I was looking for football games, and I think I ended up watching football games. But anyway, yes, um, Kansas, Hollywood Casino 400. Um, your winner, beloved Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Everyone just loves him, don't they? I think so. I don't think so. Um, Casey Kane second, Brad Keselowski third, Matt Kenseth fourth, Carl Edwards fifth. Um, just to remind you guys, we still are in the chase right now with six races left. Um, but in this past race, we had... Six lead changes, or 19 lead changes, six cautions, nothing too fancy, not even a three-hour race, so obviously not much happened. Um, next week, we have Charlotte for the uh, tailgating Charlotte. Exciting stuff, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when you don't watch it. I mean, it's just Sunday I football. saw I saw the butt end of it. Sunday football just gets in the way. I don't know. Sunday, Sunday day football. I think I the race, know. isn't the race supposed to be on, uh, God, what is it, Saturday? This next week? Uh, that's what I thought. The 30, or, wow, that's the 31st race. October 15th. So, yes, it is on Saturday this week. 7.30 at night. This is a night race. They don't have a ton of these. Um, every once in a while, they'll have them at night. Um, just to give you a rundown of the top ten in the chase, we got Carl Edwards, Kevin Harvick. Those two switch places. Carl went from second to first. Kevin first to second. Jimmy Johnson went up two places. Brad Kozlowski, Matt Kenseth. Kurt Busch at six. Tony Stewart moved down four places to seventh. Kyle Busch stayed in the same place. Dale Earnhardt switched places with Jeff Gordon. Dale Earnhardt's at nine. Jeff Gordon's at ten. So that's your top ten for the chase right now. And, you know, I, I guess we'll see how Saturday goes, but I, I'm probably not going to watch most of that because of the Michigan-Michigan State yeah. game and everything that's going Just on we'll that day. Just we'll be doing other things. Yeah. So. Well, all right. For all of you people that are somehow tuned into us and not tuned into this <laughs> game right now in Tigers uh, baseball, uh, unfortunately, it's Bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, no outs for the Rangers. Um, Beltre started off with a leadoff double. They intentionally walked Mike Napoli, and then Nelson Cruz was hit by a pitch. So Jose Valverde, not in control right now, really. Oh, my goodness. Is that surprising, though? I don't know. It's not because, you know, there have been these games where he just, you know, he's about to give me a, I'm just going to have an aneurysm. My friend keeps calling it the Mark D'Antonio heart attack zone. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he keeps calling it. All right, let's see. There's a hit. uh, Let's see what's going to happen here. Uh, Game cast. He flied out to left. Did anyone score? I don't think so. Okay, the runners stay stationary as long as GameCast updates me correctly. <coughs> but um, real fast, you know, the Tigers lost game one of this game here. It was, again, an awkward game one. Two rain delays in it. Um, really really throwing things. I think screwing things up. Just screwing things up. And they um, say ice in the kicker. It's like ice in the pitcher. Yeah, it's just this is twice in a row now that Valverde has, has to deal with this rain crap. And, you know, they lost game one, 3-2. to two. They got down 3 nothing. You know, in the fifth inning... They were doing some good stuff. You know, they had bases loaded at some point, got oh, some yeah. runs in. But you had the fifth inning, 
twice. We couldn't finish the fifth because of this rain delay. So, I mean, this this one inning alone, the whole rain delay took uh, one hour and 50 minutes. That's two rain delays. So, pretty stupid. Again, I think that it really screwed things up. Verlander didn't have the kind of control that you would have liked to see out of him necessarily. But he could. how can you get in a rhythm with two rain delays, almost two-hour rain delay? Porcello did come in, did a good job. Two innings of relief, only needed 22 pitches to get through it. So um, that is great to see. Again, Maglio Ordonez, he is out. His ankle is screwed, um, which is very unfortunate to see. Um, and real fast, I just want to ask you, Megan, about this. You know, yesterday's game, the Tigers were supposed to play yesterday here, mm-hmm. 7.30, 7.45 type game. Um, the game was postponed at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm, just, I'm seeing the ticker, and I'm seeing PPD there for game two. I'm thinking, what the heck's going on? It's like it's 2 o'clock. Right. Uh, how are we already raining a game out right. or postponing it? You know, at that time, and actually, from what happened, there was no rain, really, no mist um, when it came to really after early uh, afternoon on Sunday. Um, not really at all. There really wasn't any rain coming to the nighttime uh, when it came down to that. Uh, MLB officials basically said they didn't know how much more water that this, you know, that, that grass could handle. And, and, and that was their whole thing: that it took 12 hours of torrential rain the day before. Oh yeah, they wondered if they could they could bounce back. Exactly, and the thing is, I was on Twitter and I was looking up stuff, and um, people from Texas were saying that it'd been raining all morning. Um, yeah. they're saying it, that there'd probably be no game, and that's the thing is with baseball diamonds, you could tear up those things so easily. Oh, for sure, and I mean it's not water. even. I mean, you could have obviously the tarps on the whole time it's raining. Of course, it is. That's only but, the infield, though. But that's only the infield exactly, and it can easily chew up still the outfield. And just if it's raining that long and that much, it's tough to say. Plus, injured players slipping around. Like- yeah, slipping around. I understand. It just it was frustrating because this is. I mean, I know we won the last series, of course. And again, anyone who lived under a rock for the last few days, yeah, we beat the Yankees. Okay, <laughs> you know, game five, it's over, uh-huh. and we're playing the Rangers. How fast baseball moves. We can't do our show in enough time to be able to give you all this stuff. I wish. You know, of course, if we had a show every day, we'd be on top of it. But uh, we're already in a new series, and we'll, and we'll be in maybe, hopefully the World Series next Monday. But uh, nonetheless, I just these rain delays are irritating me because it's oh, throwing yeah. our whole rotation off. And not to mention, I was jazzed up to watch baseball last night. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, I had to watch the Packers and the Falcons game. I, I was golfing, and it got sent to my phone, and I'm like, dang it. No, <laughs> what am I well, going to do? At least I knew earlier in the day. So, like, I already had I'd accepted it. Yeah. Like, I knew it around 2 o'clock. But, like, I'm still thinking, well, you got to be kidding me. Right. All right, let's see. Double play. Inning over. Tigers going into extra innings. Somehow Valverde gets out of it. Mitch uh, Mitch Moreland grounding into a double play. Uh, First to catcher. Oh, amazing. How does that happen? I was going to go to the store after this because I thought the game was going to be over, but (laughs) I'm going home. Still going home for sure and watching this. Um, Again, um, the next games will be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for our Detroit Tigers. And uh, the games will be taking place. It's going to be two afternoon. Tomorrow's going to be a night game, 8.30 start time, Comerica Park. And then for your Wednesday, Thursday games, they're going to be like 4.20. They're going to be in the afternoon, which really sucks. You I'm going to miss them. You I'm... should see the messages I'm getting about this game right now. I know. I'm pretty well probably going insane. Someone, someone texts me and goes, you're missing the greatest game ever right now. We're I'm not like... missing it. We're listening to it. We're watching it on game time. I was like, I know. Right? And, then, and then I get another text after this after this inning. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> like... All right. Real fast. All right. I know we only got three minutes yeah. left. But uh, regarding the other series... St. Louis is facing with the Brewers here in Game 2 of the NLCS. Um, St. Louis losing Game 1, 9-6 yesterday. Uh, pretty uh, slugfest, really. Prince Fielder, Ryan Braun, really doing well. Uh, they played Game 2 tonight. That's going to be at 8.05, pretty much right after the Tigers, games, Tigers game gets done with. Regarding the Red Wings, because i got to let you guys know, again, they are 2-0. They won 5-3 here on Friday night against the Ottawa Senators. I actually got up 4 to nothing in this game. Um, Senators had some three quick goals in the third period. But nonetheless... Uh, Wings walk away with the W, and then a much more impressive victory on Saturday night, having to travel to Colorado after Friday night, beating the Avalanche three to nothing. Great for the Red Wings. So what they usually do: Franzen's looking good, Hoodler's looking good. Um, really nice to see. The Wings will be playing again, but not until Thursday. They fa- they take on the Vancouver Canucks at home on Thursday night, and then they will be playing um, on Saturday night against the Minnesota Wild on the road. So uh, that is what you have to look forward to in the sports world. And uh, I just, you know, regarding Verlander, you know, Leland hasn't even said yet, you know, are we going to play him game four? Are we going to, because Porcello's still scheduled. He is still scheduled. So it's uh, really tough to say. We'll see. We will see. Right? This is a weird series as it's going right now. With it's these a weird, weird series. Again, for anyone 
who somehow tuned into us, which I know there's got to be someone out there. Ryan Rayburn's coming up next. Johnny Peralta and Alex Avila will be your next three. They all have a hit in today's game. And Ryan Rayburn with the three-run home run uh, here in the third inning to give us that 3-2 to two, two lead initially. But I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for tuning in to the Spartan Sports Wrap this evening. Uh, trust me, we'll, we will have a jam-packed show next week. we got oh, the yeah. Michigan, Michigan State results. We'll see where the Tigers are at. We'll see where the Lions are at. Who knows? We got it all. But again, Asian Invasion is coming up next. For all of us here at the Spartan Sport Rap, Sports Wrap, my name is Dave Perinkew. And I'm Megan. You guys have a great night out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap.